Hello everybody and welcome to Letterboxd Book Club. My name is Claire. And I'm Mackenzie. And today we are discussing Wretched, another Emily McIntyre book. I almost forgot that it was written by Emily McIntyre, but that's okay. I say McIntyre, I don't say McIntyre. McIntyre, McIntyre, whatever. Like, I'm just covering my bases, <laughs> alright? Alright? Um, before we go to the blurb, of course, uh, I'm pretty sure there are discretionary warnings in this book. So let me just uh, get to that. I completely forgot about it. As we all know, Emily McIntyre is a responsible author and contains a list of triggers available on her website or via a Kindle link if you're using Kindle. Fun fact. Mm -hmm. Okay, so wretched content warning. Graphic sexual scenes, graphic violence, mild torture, murder, and drug use. Awesome. When you're ready, Kenzie, blurb it up. All hot, 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 hot. <laughs> you love all this stuff. <laughs> so I'll get you going. Yeah, yeah no. Yes. All right, I will read the blurb. The blurb is as follows. A woman can be great and terrible too. Evelina Westerly has always been the bad guy. As the brain's brawn and botanist behind her family's drug empire, she's her father's ruthless secret weapon. With her days divided be between perfecting her... Oh, my God. Okay, I'm starting again. It's okay. <laughs> okay. Did we mention, also, this is our second re recording of this. Yeah, no, I fucked up. I'm sorry. The yeah. first one was so such a good... struggling. <laughs> it was such a good episode, too. It was such a good chat, good vibes, and it's my, my audio is nowhere to be found. Oh, good. It's been lost to the cloud. Yeah. Yep. Okay. A woman can be great and terrible, too. Evelina Westerly has always been the bad guy. As the brains, brawn, and botanist behind her family's drug empire, she is her father's ruthless secret weapon. With her days divided between perfecting her greenhouse, seeking revenge for her sister's murder, and putting a gun to the head of anyone in her way, Evelina doesn't have time for anything else, especially not for love. After a one-night stand with a gorgeous man at a nightclub, she stated her urges and is back to her criminal ways. That is, until that man shows up as a new Westerly lackey under a totally different name. But Nicholas Woodworth's real secret is much more dangerous than an alias. He's an undercover DEA agent, and he's hell-bent on destroying the drug trade that devastated his family. When he realises the youngest daughter of the Westerly Empire is the same woman he's been fantasising about since that night at the club, attraction wars violently with disgust. Evelina embodies everything he's against, and he has been sent here to be her downfall. Yet the more they learn about the darkness in each other's hearts, the more alike they seem. And when hatred turns to something more, Nicholas will have to decide whether he can love a wretched woman, even if it means bringing both of their lives to ruin. Lovely. Well done, Kenzie. <gasps> <laughs> yeah, let it out. Breathe it out. But before you take a breath, thoughts, feelings, emotions? Um, I didn't like this book. I think I said in the last one as well, in the last recording, is that this again felt like a book that was like porn with plot ah <laughs> uh, yes yes yeah it was very smart heavy and like it wasn't great smart and i just wanted to kind of skip through some of it because i was like i kind of just want the plot <laughs> yeah 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 like there's something that's like okay just go on wattpad or like go on ao3 and get this out like how is this a book yeah somehow it managed to go through all the loopholes and just be published <laughs> yeah that's fair that's fair and I had lots of qualms. I have a whole list that we will discuss as per. <laughs> um, yeah, it just didn't hit 
for me the same way that the other ones have so and I'm also worried about their funky fresh covers that they're going to end up in the YA section of bookstores <laughs> they get new covers no because of their covers oh right right oh yes oh, I remember we were we were at a bookshop and I think you saw Kingdom of Flesh and Fire in the YA section or something and in it's the like, YA and yeah. it's like hell no that's not YA it's not yeah. a YA book yeah no it was um a silver flame oh silver flame sorry yeah 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 it was in ya that's pretty much yeah porn no plot yeah and i saw like a, a school aged person because they were in school uniform purchasing the book yeah <laughs> fun times and i was like oh no <laughs> and i've been meaning to say like the book covers look so cool though like i just love the aesthetic and the vibes yeah i've been meaning to say it since hooked and i just keep forgetting oh yeah there's now they're awesome covers, but I'm just, yeah, I'm yeah, worried. It's giving off, yeah, weird vibes, I guess. It's not, so, so I guess ultimately what you're saying, like this didn't translate well from The Wizard of Oz <laughs> aesthetic in general. No. no, and yeah, that's, uh, okay, yeah, I'll wait, okay, I'll wait for your, you do your thoughts for emotions and then we can <laughs> okay. chatty wet wet. <laughs> then we can literally gwitty on the boat. Love that for us. Can't wait. <laughs> okay, so my thoughts, feelings, and emotions. Was Evelina and Nick's story believable? No. Did I have a relatively fun time reading it? Yeah. So, like, it goes all right. It goes all right. I do did enjoy... <laughs> In the wise words of me, it's a shit book, but it goes all goes right, all right, I guess. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Absolutely. I did like the style of, or the genre of it being undercover cop, espionage, drug bust... FBI agent yeah. vibes, you know, I liked that. But yeah, it, I just felt like we might talk about this a bit more later in depth. But like, yeah, the way he kind of turned around into loving Evie so relatively easily, despite the impact of this mm. world had on his family personally, yeah, which made it ultimately not believable for me. Their love, um, I loved the fact that this is, I guess, the first book in the series where it's a female main villain, which was good. Mm. Although it sucks that it didn't hit and execute as well because it's giving yeah. me this concept called the glass cliff vibes. I figured out what it was called since last time. Oh. <laughs> this is more towards business. So like the glass cliff is like a phenomenon where, whereby women and members of other minority groups, I'm reading this definition, uh, minority groups such as those based on race or disability are overrepresented, overrepresented in leadership positions that are risky and precarious or ultimately would ultimately lead to like sort of failure or like high risk situations because like as we, as we were talking about it ah. last week or last time like Elon Musk was um dropping down as CEO or whatever of Twitter and because Twitter's going oh, trash yes going to trash he's named an unnamed woman in charge and like she's ultimately going to get blamed so this is the, the kind yeah. of vibes where this is a female-led villain and it didn't hit and like why <laughs> you know trying to figure it out yeah I mean, I just hate women, so... <laughs> it's, it's, the miso- it's the internalized misogyny <laughs> in all of us, I guess. No, but it's giving it's giving that vibe. But I guess, ultimately, the Wizard of Oz story, turning it into an undercover drug bust type of book probably did not translate well in the end, which is probably why it didn't execute as hard. But ultimately, did I have a relatively good time? Sure. Did I Do I have qualms? A few. Were there some really precarious moments that we we'll probably get into? Yes, so... Still enjoy Emily McIntyre books so far, so it's all good. You want to just kick off into your all your qualms, Kenzie, one by one, um, or do you want to like kick off? I want to talk about the translation of The Wizard of Oz to this book, 
because in the other ones like scarred twisted did we do another one hooked hooked, hooked scarred. that's right sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the characters are very well translated and you can know who they are etc but in this one i felt like okay you know that evelina is Elphaba. Mm-hmm. and then i'm assuming nick is meant to be fiero sure. but apart from that and dorothy is dorothy and nessa is nessa but apart from that, I'm like, who is everyone? And then obviously they name Oz as well. But apart from that... It's really hard pickings, yeah. Like, it, it's hard picking. And then so I just think that, yeah, like, I don't think in this case you can say it's a retelling. I think you can just say, like, inspired by or whatever, such as, you know, Akatar being inspired by Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Like, and I know in the descriptions and everything Emily stated that like it's not like a proper retelling but she writes Mm. it in such a way where you would be able to recognize elements of characters from their uh, predecessors into this so like and that's also like a fun thing to do like point them out but it's um I think I also said last week it, it was a little bit enjoyable because I'm not that familiar with Wizard of Oz like I was able to see it with kind of fresh eyes and not have to pick people apart although I did enjoy the whole yeah, picking people apart and figuring out who's who. But yeah, see, that was my issue because yeah, in the it other ones, it was also it was so clearly laid out who they all are. Okay, everybody. So we're gonna talk a little bit about the plotty plot. Yep, moving forward. So the epilogue, prologue, prologue, prologue. Yeah, <laughs> kicks off in a prologue. We love that, and it is a funeral scene because. Evelina, sorry, I was trying to pronounce her name properly. I'm never going to say it right. Evelina, Evelina. I'll just say Evie, Evie, I don't know. Evie, I'm just going to call it Evie. (laughs) Yeah, so Evie and her family are at a funeral for her older sister, Nessa, who died in a tragic accident, boating incident. Um, And she's just in a monologuing about how... Suspicious tragic accident <laughs> yes for sure yeah in a monologuing about the whole family dynamic and how her father was away in jail and like nessa had to look after them take over business blah 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 and then the final line is like because they Dorothy call it killed the her. or the pen or oh the pen yeah the penitentiary very old school yeah the pen the penitentiary. Yeah, yeah very yeah. old school yeah and then yeah she says i'm gonna because dorothy killed her and dorothy is her sister in this so but obviously her character translates well then we have chapter unero numero which is uh ness not nessa what's her name evie <laughs> Jesus going to a club i'm going well <laughs> yeah she's on a little mission i'm um, going to a club and she's yeah she's trying to get information because her family produces a drug called a flying monkey haha <laughs> Um, so, and someone's been cutting it. There's, like, cheap product out on the market, like, copycat product. So, she's, like, gone up to the bartender and she's, like, I want to fly. Like, she's looking for information, you know. She's flown, you know how I'll be. And someone at the bar is, like, haha, you're trying too hard. And she's, like, I'm not even trying, like, blah, blah, blah. And so then they start flirting and then... He's like, I'm Nicholas. And then he's like, tell me your name. But she won't. We love that. Stand your ground, queen. And she's also blonde. She's yeah, also she's blonde. In so disguise. She's in disguise. Yeah. And then um, she walks off. Yeah, she says something about like a bathroom. It was like a it was like a little innuendo. Like if he goes, they're going to fuck. If not, then don't worry about it. You know, that type of situation. 
yeah. a, a bit of a lure, yeah, I so guess. They go, yeah, she goes up to the bathroom and he follows her. And so, of course, they fuck in the toilet. <laughs> in the bathroom. Okay. <laughs> Qualm one. I know he what you're going to say. my first qualm. <laughs> I agree. Yes. Gross. Yes. Gross. You're like, okay, first of all, the dirty club bathroom. We've all been there. It's gross. It's yuck. Second, Seedy. anyone can walk in at any time. Yeah, it wasn't established if it was like just a cubicle or just in the openness of Exactly. The entire I was like, at bathroom. least establish that they've gone into a cubicle. Imagine old mate just sitting in the cubicle, minding her own business, taking a dump or something, and like she has to put up with that, and she can't like get out of the situation. Yeah, that would suck. Imagine you're trying to shit. <laughs> you're fine for your life, and then these you hear these two then, people going so, at it. Ugh. Yeah, and then he makes her orgasm with three pumps. You know how it is. The book special. <laughs> yeah, and then they leave, and he's obviously in love with her. <laughs> yes, he is infatuated. <laughs> <laughs> pussy power but yeah so that really sets the precedent in terms of like the level of smut for this book you know in a dirty seedy club bathroom yeah and it gets worse from there <laughs> that's probably one of the probably one of the best places they've had sex to be honest but yeah anyway moving on so yeah that sets the precedent all right then we enter a seven year no that was the seven year later Pfft, never mind so basically nick is getting offered a job to be undercover, trying to have orchestrate this huge drug bust on Evie and her family, trying to bring the drug lord empire down because he has a sister who was a drug addict and he learns later on that she used to sell as well. So, like, she was in, in all that sort of space. So he's like, drugs are bad, must take down all the criminals. You know how it'd be with these solo Lone Ranger, Lone Wolf agents, you know? Do, do it for their glory. So he obviously receives a bit of a backstory. And he's been undercover before, so this is not new. Yeah, no, no. He's like, I'm the best at this job. Like, this job is for me. I'm going to be one to take him down. Very arrogant and pretentious, but I suppose if you do a fucking good job, I'd pay it. So yeah, so his alias is named Bradley Welsh. Very Irish. And he's obviously given, like, a, a not-so-elaborate backstory that differs from his, obviously, normal life. And then he is forced... Well, he has to move to what's the place called? Kin Kinland? No. Kinland. Kinland. Yeah, that's right. Because in Wizard of Oz, they go to Munchkinland. <laughs> oh, okay. See, I'm not very familiar with that Wizard of Oz. You know, like I've seen it a few times, the OG movies, but like nothing ever seemed to stuck. But that that was lovely. I, I love that little tidbit, Kenzie. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. And they have a way into this, to get into the inner sanctum of this empire through a guy named Ezekiel O'Connor. He is important. He is a double agent, if you will. Yes, and he's also the cowardly lion, if you will. It took me forever to figure yes. that out, but it's it's there. Yeah, because yeah, he's trying to get out of the game. Yeah. Oh, quick qualm that I forgot to mention early. There's a series of moments within the first few chapters where a character... This is only just me being nitpicky, all right? Where a character would ask another character, like, are you hungry? Would you like some food? And the only response the other character gives is, I could eat. It's like, it happened, like, three times in the span of yeah, four chapters. I could chapters. eat. It's like, I okay, could eat. you could, but do you want to? Yeah, I, don't, I could <laughs> eat. It's like, just please, yes or no. <laughs> like, uh, it drove me insane. So then, yeah, Bray uh, Brayden is kind of introduced into the 
family sanctum working for what are their last names again jesus oh westerly (laughs) westerly (laughs) working for the westerly family he goes through a rigorous interview stage of course but there's a moment where he's in a meeting with evie dorothy and ezekiel and evie recognizes him this is the part where it kind of i know him exactly where it gets kind of unbelievable because he, or he doesn't this seem is, that yeah, good. Yeah, the first red flag. <laughs> he doesn't seem that good at being undercover, in a way, because she recognises him. And all one of the main motifs throughout this entire book is that he is constantly lying to her, which is fair enough because you're undercover, but, like, she doesn't like But also, like, that. yeah, as Evie, would you not be, like, hello? Says the psychotic murderer drug dealer. <laughs> lying is where yeah. I draw the line at murder, but lying to me? Fuck off. No, but... Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so yeah. yeah, red flag because she he's introduced as like Brayden or some shit. I don't know. Did I say Something Bradley? Like that. I don't care. I might have said Bradley instead of Brayden. Oops, I don't know. Anyway, not the point. And she's like, "Well, actually, no. You told me in the club that your name was Nicholas." And fair enough, like he might have lied in the club, but the way he was so persistent on trying to get her name. Yeah, yeah. You would think that like he would have told the truth. Anyway, and so there's a few other things that come up where he lies and she's like, stop lying to me. But then also they find out that like there's a rat in their team, in their family, if you will. They try to figure out who the rat is. But it's like, here is this guy who first off lied about his name to you and now you've caught him out in all these other little lies. It's like, clearly this is the red flag of the century and here's your rat. This This is where I think, yeah, surely in a believable scenario... Like he would be the he would be dead already, as an undercover agent. Yeah. Like no, he would be gone. But of course yeah. he was able to I don't know miraculously weasel his way out of suspicion. Uh-huh. But yeah, it just it's funny because it, he says that he's the best, and even his boss is like you're the reason why yeah you picked for this job is because you are the best. But our evidence so far is that he's not that great, you know. And he becomes a little too immersed in this world too quickly, which in itself should draw suspicion. Like. Yeah, he beat up one of the the enemy people mobs, the opposing mobs person, just because he's like, he disrespected you. I don't let that slide. But it's like, you're the new guy. You don't get to make the calls of bashing people. He needed to prove that he was... Yeah, tough. Could handle it. man. Yeah, but sure. In that, yeah, that in and of itself should have been suspicious. (laughs) Trying too hard to impress the boss. Trying too hard to be too immersive. It just goes to show how, like, naive... Uh, feral westerly is as well i guess because of the whole he's just allowing it to happen it shows that he is not really much of the brains of the operation he just provides the dosh yeah well he gets heavily to do everything (laughs) the little botanist and then dorothy's out there trying to i don't know haphazardly learn the ropes yeah she's being the face of the business and oh that was um yeah nick slash brayden's initial kind of mission is to like tail her and figure out what she knows but then he obviously later learns later on that uh, evie is the mastermind yes because he's his whole uh mission is to get the supplier provider of the drugs the supplier that's what i'm looking for (laughs) um and then yeah she uh, like eventually like tells him that she's the one who makes it and stuff because she has all her poppies which is a good callback to the film because the wicked witch of the west uses um poppies to put dorothy and co to sleep um but also poppies are used to make opium and stuff yeah we have since learned that that is on your google how does one make opium or how is opium made 
I'm going to get arrested. You're going to be put on a list. Uh, Yeah. But yeah, that's a good callback as well, though. I feel sorry for Emily McIntyre's Google search history. Like, how do I write this sort of thing or how do I provide accurate... Do you just Google first, like, um, sorry, I'm writing a book about murder and drugs. Like, ignore all these searches. Like, <laughs> yeah, if only. She's in incognito mode and hoping for the best. Yeah, or like, how do you contact the FBI to be like, hello, <laughs> like, I'm doing all these searches because I'm writing a book. Like, <laughs> yeah, please, leave me be. And then basically... Okay, yeah, so, go on. All right, qualm time. Oh, you go. No, you go. I was just, no, I was just going to no, say... No, I'll shut up, you go. <laughs> Can't see, don't do it. Uh, I apologize. I'm sorry. Uh, I was just going to say, and a lot of the book is just really bouncing between missions and uh, figuring out the rats in the Westerly Empire establishment. And then there's... And there is a rat. There is a rat. We'll get to that. (laughs) And there is a little small subplot, I guess, of Evie trying to figure out, finding evidence of Dorothy killing her sister or their sister. But that seems very under the radar, which I thought it was going to take more of a hold over the story. But no, other yeah. shit happens. And then also, yeah, she just admits that she did it. She's like, oh, I didn't mean to kill her. Yeah. But oopsies. Oopsies. And ha-ha. then it doesn't even say why she did it. It was just like, oh, she was destroying like the image of the comp- the family. You know, we can quickly talk about the family dynamic before we get into your qualms just because it it circles back to that it's like she killed nessa because yeah apparently she was driving the empire to the ground and two she dorothy just wants daddy's attention and it seems like no i understand like the point of this this sister trio is that there is that jealousy and the vying for the attention of your criminal dad who's been tucked away in the pen for god knows how long but it seems like no one, <laughs> the the ominous pen, like it seems like no one knows how to write a stable trio of sisters. But I've since learned that yeah. there has been one, <laughs> which in the book series I'm currently reading. But yeah, and it's just it's all it's all about like that you know internalized mis- misogyny towards each other, like the jealousy and the vying for father's attention, or the older sister has to take care of the family while yeah dad's in prison vibes. It's like. Ugh traumatized girls no one can write them properly or they're all just jealous of each other and that sucks yes i agree wholeheartedly and but also like why can't we just write sisters as loving friends <laughs> sure sure i don't know I, I suppose when your whole livelihood is based on drugs and money and cash like you just want to outdo everybody you want to outperform yeah i suppose and i suppose yeah they all have unique r- relationships with their father like Dorothy has the like face of the company, daddy's little girl type of vibe. Whereas, yeah, Evie is the mastermind. Emily is keeping this company alive. I know, I know, but like it's it's going. She's realizing how unappreciative <laughs> they actually are to her, and that's where a lot of her yeah. stress and resentment stems from, of course. And then Dorothy's mm-hmm. just rubbing it in, because yeah. she's also yet yeah, antagonizing her with the fact that yeah she she killed Nessa. But yeah, yes, how did she? Do you have any other thoughts on the family dynamic? It's a weird one. It's fucked no, up. I just don't like it. And they're all murderous. Yeah. True. But I suppose for a dark romance retelling, what, what, you couldn't expect anything more. That's what you'd expect. I mean, you could expect some normal shit, but... You just... <laughs> one sister just, like, going to uni or something, college, just living yeah. life. Just living on, on the yeah, drug she's money. Because... She's an architect. <laughs> oh, I'm sure we'll touch on this later, but... 
<laughs> quick qualm, I guess. When villains, the only way you can humanize the villains is that they have to have an art interest <laughs> or an artistic interest. Oh yeah, but botany. If he's into botany, yeah, but botany is pretty no, poultry. nerdy. Poultry, yeah, but botany is also pretty nerdy in a way, <laughs> despite it being yeah, used science-y. for for ill intention. Yeah, for the flying monkey. But yeah, anyway, that's right, just just funny. Get into my list. Let's go into your qualms. Your list. It is a long list. It is a very glorious list. <laughs> When Nick, I'm just going to call him Nick because I forget his undercover of a name and also I don't care. <laughs> Fair enough. When Nick's cock got hard at her bare face without makeup. Okay, two things. I hate the word cock. Yep, I agree. It's gross. I hate the word cock, I hate the word pussy, and I hate the word cunt, like in reference to a vagina. Yep, yep, I agree. It's gross, disgusting. <laughs> like, Let's just use penis or dick. Like, dick is fine. I like dick. Because you can't just be like, oh, my penis is hard. Like, say dick. My dick got hard. Okay. Second. I am so over this, like, narrative in society in general, I guess, that, like, women are, like, you don't need makeup. You're so much more pretty without makeup. Like, it's ethereal. And it's like, most of the time, like, when I put makeup on, I'm not doing it because, like, I want to look pretty. It's like, oh, I'm going out somewhere really nice and like I want to feel nice for myself and like I feel nice without makeup but like I want to take myself to like like extra level and then the fact that like oh she's like hot without ma- with makeup but like his cock gets hard with her when she has a bare face like <laughs> yeah this, she's just so like plain and like looks amazing like I hate it yeah I get that I think that also comes from I think I think even Dorothy says that she's unattractive and all that stuff inherently. And then he I don't, it doesn't justify how he reacts. But yeah, he's just also acknowledging the fact that she is like naturally beautiful and all that. But the whole yeah, cock getting hard at that fact alone is gross and silly. And how is this man written by a woman, you know? I know, I know. All right, do you want my next? Yes, I would like the item. Your, okay. your item on the agenda. The reciting of poetry while eating her out. <laughs> Yeah, look, that was a little bit too far-fetched as well, you know? And, like, what are the odds that they know each other's, like, level of poetry knowledge? I suppose he yeah, did exactly. He did explain like, it. I'm all for, like, I'm all for well-read men, and I like a man who reads books or whatever, and, like, I don't care if you read poetry, that's fine. But, like, let me sweetly talk to your vagina as I'm eating you out. Like, let me bring you to orgasm through... My words. Words of poetry. <laughs> Words of affirmation, yeah. in a way. <laughs> Long-winded affirmation. Yeah, it's like, I don't know. I've never looked at a penis and been like, you know what, I'm going to recite some poetry. <laughs> yeah, look. <laughs> That's just me, though. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Hey, there might be someone out there. Who knows? But yeah, I, as, yeah. A, as I said about the whole, yeah, every villain needs, like, an artistic interest. Poetry is a little bit far-fetched for, for this type of situation. And the poet... And, yeah, poetry is the only plot device to like humanize Evie as well as I guess Nick bring him back to his roots back to his mother almost but like yeah it's a little bit too far I don't know if you're gonna bring this up in regards to like just intercourse can we talk about real quick the gunplay that happened (laughs) how how fucking bizarre I didn't know when we're gonna bring it up (laughs) so like what the fuck they're in an alley (laughs) you talk about it in alleyway, I don't know, I think they must have had an argument or something. They're up against the wall. 
Evie has like her eyes closed and they're like he's like what kissing her neck and stuff and just caressing her and then the here comes the gun coming out and he it starts caressing her inner thighs with the with the gun and he's talking about how there are people watching us and people um fantasizing about this situation to themselves like men are feeling themselves up and all that type of stuff and like yeah just extra mentions of just the gun getting in there and it's just it was just so gross and like let's not play around he inserts the gun (laughs) puss way yeah (laughs) puss way I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and just, like, it would be cold. That's clunky. Have you ever seen a gun? That would hurt. It would hurt and it's cold. Guns have like ridges I'm and stuff. I'm just imagining like a monster mouth just being like yeah. around it. Like, yeah. Just yeah. sucking it in. <laughs> and like there was a moment where he was like, I wonder if the safety's turned on or not. And like that was an yeah, extra turn like, on to them. Nah, no worries. I'm just going to shoot up her vagina into her internal organs. What a way to go though. <laughs> Unique. But yeah, in <laughs> but yeah, in all the books that I've read that had bizarre levels of like smart or BDSM or whatever, like yeah. gunplay is something I never expected would have ever been written in my life. Yeah. And I wish I there unsaw also it. This, there's actually an episode of Grey's Anatomy where like someone had a gun in their vagina because they were trying to smuggle it into prison oh, I mean, for their uh, like baby daddy. I mean, that's different. Anyway, and it went off. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. they survived it was fun but like but like yeah yeah, in the scene they were talking about how you know at the very end of like a maybe a handgun there's like a little i guess a crosshair indicator of where you're gonna aim specific description of that being on a clitoris and all that type of stuff and it's like like one yeah the ridges would be pretty sharp and the gun would be cold like come on yeah like i don't know i just yeah i'm not into like not explicitly sexual items being used in yeah but honestly i never thought i'd read about like a gun being used as part of sex ever so but and then nick also lied about these people and their voyeurism as well which was i guess because she was getting extra turned on in that moment like with the prospect of people watching this happen to her but then obviously he lied again but yeah, anyway, I just wanted to bring that up because I didn't know if we were going to bring it up. And it was just so gross and bizarre and the weird, weirdest thing. I, I wish I've unread it, unread that part, you know. It's crazy. <laughs> I wish I unread it. wish I could burn my eyes out. Can I just like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Just cauterize the eyes. My next Kwame. Fucking with a wire on. <laughs> yes. I completely forgot that that was one of your qualms. <laughs> I mean, the man has to have his wire on 24-7. Okay, no, he doesn't, because surely there's a time when you get back to your safe house or whatever, and you have a shower, and, like, what if you need to have a wank? Like... Stiff shit. Gonna, the FBI's gonna hear you. Or and the like, DEA. obviously he's not working 24-7, like... I mean, sometimes, I guess. It depends. But he, there was never... I mean, sometimes, but I don't think this calls for it. There was never a lot of times where he would... There was, like, a safe house in general. Like, he never spent a lot of time there. A lot of his time was with the Westerlies. but I feel like it was, like, the motel or whatever, yeah. Yeah, but... I don't know. Because, it's like, it's, like, where's he sleeping at night? I, I don't know. We ne- we'll never know because it was never said. Exactly. So, I feel like there was a time... <laughs> and so, not only was it the first time that he fucked with a wire on, and then Seth was, like what are you doing like you're in too deep or whatever but then like all the other times like when he shoved a gun in her punani like he had a wire on yeah. <laughs> look <sense>. i know <laughs> you're so scared and, like, imagine being the person who has to like go through that to like yeah. get the information yeah like the poor guy he never asked for this he never consented to this 
yeah, look, I get it. And it's, in a way, exposing yourself if you're going too deep in terms of relationship and, like, love territory as well. You're just compromising yourself even more. Like, yeah, he should have been pulled out, you know, of this mission since day dot. Um, okay, my next one is Cody is Oz, but also a double agent. Question mark, question mark, question mark. Yes, I feel like there were too many little twists and turns, you know? I think maybe Cody yeah, being like I'll... Cody being FBI seemed a bit too much. Yeah, because, like, I didn't clock him being sus. Because first he's like, oh, like, I came back, like, to do this job or whatever. And then, like, I thought that they were just friends. Yeah, like, why not and have best buds? Like, ha like, they'd be shocked to find out you were Oz. And then, yeah, he's just been, like, collecting information. It's like, surely he would have enough information. But I guess they're all about who's the supplier. It was all about getting to the greenhouse. Yeah. Getting inside the greenhouse. And then, yeah, when she finally revealed herself. Also, I'm going to expose myself for, for being a moron. I didn't... I've despite Evie spelling it out for us that he's like the Wizard of Oz, uh, it took me until our first recording to Kenzie, for Kenzie to yell at me saying that he was Oz. So, because I said something <laughs> stupid. Yeah, we're talking about, we're like, who's the character? And you were like, oh, I guess this person's Oz. And I was like, no, it's literally spelled out for you. It's literally Wizard. <laughs> but yeah, I think, yeah, like this book has a bit of twists and turns in the sense that like yeah nick pretty much chose uh evie's safety over anything else in the end etc but then yeah cody just being a part of the fbi and being an extra double agent i mean it makes sense that way you know um you can have multiple avenues of acquiring info but it was too yeah. much it's also book. like so yeah nick is an agent ezekiel is an, an agent liam's a rat yeah liam's cousin's like, a rat and then <laughs> Liam Cousins a rat. So it's like, what? It's like, you're not... Uh, the, the Westerly Empire is uh, in disarray. Um, yeah, you are not running <laughs> a succinct operation here. No. <laughs> no one's on the same page. The wire thing, controversial, should not have worn it. And there was a moment where... Because they were trying to suss out the rat. And Farrell was like, alright, we have this equipment that could detect a wire... And then Nick got very oh, yeah. antsy and anxious about it. So, like, did he ditch the wire or did he just, like, not wear it sometimes? Because, like... Well, no, he just walked out because Evelina walked out or whatever. And so he just followed her. And they didn't think to follow up, like, oh, we've checked everyone else for a wire. We need to check you? Yeah. Fucking hell. Yeah, no. See, and that's... Yeah, that's the thing. I was like, they glossed over several things. Emily, why'd you have to do this book so dirty? Jesus Christ. It could have been great. Next, next qualm, Kenzie. Lay it on me. Evelina making heroin. LOL. <laughs> Are you saying she can't do it, huh? <laughs> no, I'm saying that I feel like making heroin is a like an operation, is a production. Like you need a team of people. Oh yeah, that's right. One person making heroin. <laughs> I mean, if the only one smart enough to do it and have the botanist yeah, capabilities. Yeah, down there looking after her puppies and shit. They are her children. I suppose if you think about it, yeah, kind of like. The Wicked Witch or whatever, you know, doing her own shit in Wizard of Oz by herself, yeah, essentially. Yeah, I know, but I don't, it just seemed unrealistic that, like... It's a big operation. supplying the entire operation, yeah, with all the drugs. It just goes to show how small maybe Kinland is in terms of its drug clientele as well. Because they're obviously a point in the book is they're wanting to expand, and in order to expand, they have to partner with the Cantonellis or whatever, which is their opposing drug business mafia, of course. They're also big enough that someone's cutting into their product, so they're popular enough <laughs> that it warrants people being like, "Oh, I want to get in on this." Yeah, I guess because it's called, it has a cool name, the colloquialism, the street name, the flying monkey, 
Like, would you would you would you okay. choose would you choose that over just heroin? I don't actually don't answer that. I don't know. But yeah, even if he so was saying like when uh, our parents warn us, people are gonna offer you free drugs. Yeah. We should preface it with only if it has a cool name, though. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Um, but Evie was saying to her father because he's getting a bit ambitious. She's like, look, let's just stay in our little pocket of the universe because it's working well. And that was ultimately yeah, their downfall. So that's the thing. Like, no one listened to Evie being the mastermind, underappreciated. No one listened. No one gave a shit about her. Like, she has every right to be angry and just killing people, to be honest. All right. My next point is Dorothy killing Nessa. LOL. Yes, yes. <laughs> Daddy's attention. She wanted to get Nessa out of the way. I think it was also probably that jealousy that she had towards Nessa and Evie's sisterly relationship as well, because it had quite a close one. Um, but then we learned that Nessa was bringing Dorothy, I don't even know if this was a lie, bringing Dorothy on these boat trips, talking to the mayor and stuff, like, to learn the ropes. Yeah. So, like, sh- they must have had a decent relationship. I don't know, it sucked, it was silly, I don't know, maybe it was one plot point too many, perhaps, but yeah, I don't know. It sucks that she killed her. And then, like, yeah, Evie, it was like, because Dorothy had to learn the ropes of the, the greenhouse shit. And so with the new knowledge that, yeah, Dorothy did kill Nessa, Evie was just, like, putting up with her being in her greenhouse. Like, I wouldn't let that slide, bro. Yeah, exactly. Would you like my next point? Evelina killing Dorothy and her father, Lameo. I mean, it was always going to happen, though. It was going to happen. Took too long. she didn't kill her dad. Um, Ezekiel did, but not the point. Um... She lured them into there. I was like, obviously this was going to happen, but it just was kind of glossed over, I guess. Like, she literally witted Dorothy. No, she put Dorothy in a vat of acid. I love that, though. Is that not just, like, a callback to, like, the whole Wizard of Oz thing? Yeah. And, like, the melting. Yeah, that was so cool, though. But she was like... Wow, way to steal the point I made last podcast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Everything's up for grabs, Kizzy. It never happened. Never, Where's the you proof? Don't even like the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have it on my end. <laughs> he committed murder. What murder? <laughs> no, I was getting to that. <laughs> Not again. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But yeah, anyway. But yeah, Evie had that villainous monologue where she was like playing with her food. It's like hurry up and just kill Dorothy. Yeah. And the father, well, I suppose, yeah, she had to lure her father there as well because of the whole, he has a stronger relationship with Dorothy in a way. And yeah, again, the whole, yeah. she feels underappreciated with all her hard work being the mastermind. And yeah, he, they have, yeah. they have a tussle and then yeah, Ezekiel eventually saves the day because he's not a coward yeah, good anymore. Good on Ezekiel. And he doesn't want to end up like his father. He's found his courage. Yes. Yeah. And despite being stuck in this drug world. All right. Next. Um... I thought Nicholas's sister would have played a bigger role because she said after, like, because she was an addict or whatever, but she also said that she was a seller. So I thought that she would have, yeah, like, still been selling or something and then he would have discovered that while he was undercover. Yeah, that would have been cool, though. Like, she might have come to, like, pick up product to sell or whatever and he'd be like, what the fuck? And also I thought she might have been, like, selling, like, the cut product and stuff. And then because he went to visit her and then Evelina, like, followed him and he's like, it's my sister, like, it's not a girlfriend, blah, blah, blah. So I thought that Evie might have, like, kidnapped her or something and then he would have had to have chosen between Evelina and his sister. That would have been pretty cool, a cool route to go. 
But she's yeah. just there to yeah. be like, well, I was an addict and I used to sell, but you still love yeah. me anyway. You helped me. Love yeah. wins, you know? She's yeah. that moral, moral Which compass. gets into my next point of, yeah, he can still love his sister because she was an addict, but she's better now. And he can love Evie because even though she's murdered and tortured a lot of people... <laughs> What murder? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I agree. But yeah, pretty much. She's just like, yeah, like, you can't help who you love almost. And like, yeah, you love me. But yeah, the difference is, was it Rose? Rosie? Um, Isn't, yeah, a fucking psychotic drug overlord heroin botanist. You know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like... (laughs) There's some things that you just can't, you just have to cross the line and be like, look, I'm not going to go there. But Nick I went mean, there. I mean, I historically have said that I can forgive murder. So I'm <laughs> I with mean, you. I'm <laughs> what about the murder? Um, what murder? What murder? Okay. And then my last one is the fact that he literally retired from being a cop after she murdered all those people. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I choose murder. <laughs> So let's yeah discuss the last couple of chapters, I guess. I suppose, yeah, Evie was in the process of being arrested by old mate Cody, best friend, traitor, and then Nick ends up killing him to save her, and he allows her to run away. And this is after the so big... So therefore he has crossed a line. He has. He has chosen which side of the he world. He has chosen he... murder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but this is when, like, Evie, like, knows the truth about... Um, Brayden slash Nick and the reason why he was amongst them and all that she feels betrayed she there's that element of like she's never gonna forgive him so she runs away and fucks off to Ireland because she also has told him that oh that's right she loves him yep yep that's an implication in itself as well so she's like I didn't mean for it to happen and it's like I guess it was the gun (laughs) post like during the like epilogue like it took him to the epilogue to kind of say it back so like yeah he never he never initially said it back so that's the he has that internal conflict of because again like the drug world ruined his sister and his family like how could he like love something that's has destroyed his whole life almost but he managed he's just like a horny cop is all he is i guess (laughs) so he's like run like save yourself i'll come and like we'll find each other again so then we get to oh and then yeah he goes like to his boss or whatever and he hands in his badge and he's like i'm out like so you're too easy i feel like there should have been some sort of like uh post case like debrief like (laughs) Into yeah. what went down. It's like you like, okay, I feel bud? Like there should have been some repercussions. Like, you need, need some mental like, health. Obviously, he wasn't gonna be like, I murdered someone, but yeah. And then they like keep trying to like get him back in the game after he's quit, but he's like, no. And then this is where I was shocked. It's twelve months later. I liked this though. That it was twelve months because she yeah. needed time to grow on her own. Yes, her like her own little poppy plant she needed to grow so yeah she fucked off to ireland because ireland is just a a part of her like family heritage or something there's a whole spiel about it um and then nick remembers this element so he hired a pi to try and find her then he finds her they meet up they have this kind of moment of not quite reconciliation but there's an element of hope there well because she said like when she 12 months before when she um said to him that she was in love with him she's like i don't even know like your middle name or your favorite color 
And so, like, he walks up to her and he's like, hi, I'm Nicholas, white boy, whatever last name. My favourite colour is, I don't know, probably blue because he's stereotypical. <laughs> Book boyfriend. Yeah. yeah. It's very cute in that sense. It but. is cute, yeah. But there is that air of she hasn't quite forgiven him yet or we don't know if she'll ever forgive him, but it is their chance to start over. And it's cute. It's cute that he went through all the effort to find her as well, despite everything. Yeah. And like, and like Rosie or Rose lives with them as well for a little bit. It's a fun, fun time. And it's like, hi, this is, hi, Rosie. This is my new girlfriend. She uh, murders people. Exactly. What murder? <laughs> <laughs> oh, just quickly. Okay, anyway. Uh, I was just going to say, there is a moment where like, they don't have, they don't seem to have a real genuine connection slash conversation, um, Nick and Evie. The only real genuine conversations that they kind of have was when they're, I don't know, on route somewhere and they're talking about the poetry, loving poetry and how Nick talks about his mother, but also uses his non-backstory story. So he got a little sus as well from Evie, which also like, you're fucked, you just fucked up your case, bro. Yeah. A little sussy wussy. Yeah, but that seemed like the only genuine moment when they were connecting to each other was talking about their love for poetry, which is very silly yeah. and obscure, but whatever. But yeah, so yeah. you say so ultimately, yeah, the love didn't seem that believable. Anyway, that's the book. Um, I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder, wonder what your reasoning is, Kenzie. <laughs> nah, the gunplay Should really, we... really got me. Yeah. Got me good. Should we get into the stars that listen? We, we can, yes, yes. Should I explain it? Or are we just going to leave it? I think the people should know. Alright, so the stars that listen, we are essentially picking one one star review and a five star review or equivalent in Goodreads just to suss out the general sentiment of this book. It's meant to be just like funny, lighthearted, not that serious. Um, and we'll read the one stars first because we want to end on a positive note. <laughs> Even though I hated this book. Even though we hated it, she hated this book, yeah. I It was a fun time. It's one of those things where, like, I can't be too harsh on a book. If it makes me giggle, automatic four stars, you know? Although the gunplay should have made it negative five, you know? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, all right. You want to go first or want me to go first? Um, I'll go first. Also, we didn't dig too far to find these comments. So, like, they're out. Just, they're just out there on the public forum, so. Okay, so my first one my one star is I don't want to talk about it <laughs> that's it nice and concise <laughs> love to see it my one star is DNF couldn't get into it no matter how hard I tried I love the series by Emily McIntyre so this hurts me it's crying emoji and the amount of different ways I've said McIntyre McIntyre sheesh hurts my soul <laughs> your five star Kenzie uh, I couldn't find a five star, which like fair. Um, <laughs> so mine's a three star, and it just says I support women's rights, but more importantly, I support women's wrongs. <laughs> Vibe valid. I love that. <laughs> I agree. Alrighty, my five star, absolute perfection. I devoured this one from beginning to end. Completely hooked on Evie and Nick's story. Loved every minute of it. Can't wait for the next one in the series. Would have to respectfully Woo-hoo. disagree, but good on you. Love that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and that concludes this episode of Letterboxd Book Club. Take two. <laughs> that is all. Thank you for listening. As always, you can find us at 
um, on Instagram at letterbox underscore book underscore club. And from there, you will find our link tree in the bio. Link in Claire, the you bio. Don't need to explain where know, the link know, tree will I take know. them. <laughs> I know, it's okay, it's okay. I wasn't going to say anything. I've learnt my lesson, all right? You've I was waiting. You fucking bullied me enough. <laughs> because we should have like a year now. <laughs> You never know who might come across who don't know nothing about us. This is going to be the first episode someone listens to. And I know, but like, like, if the they fuck? just go to Instagram, then they'll find everything. I know, but still, I like letting the people know. <laughs> Kinsey's bullying me. All right, that concludes this episode. <laughs> Catch you next week Thanks for, for the Cruel Prince. We're finally getting on it. Woohoo! I'm so keen for this one. Claire's keen. I'm not, but that's okay. Oh, oh okay. We're definitely going to be talking about that. All right, catch you next week. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye.